Welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves, Season 2, Episode 24. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paul LePage. And for this episode, we're hearing off a new guest, and we have a slight departure from our usual profile. This person's American, but he's based in the UK. So, John Burkhart, a warm welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves. Josh, Paul, thank you so much for having me. I, I'm hoping to, to see you in person one day when I come over and uh, bring my merry band of wolves yeah to austin texas which evidently is somewhere near where you guys live yeah it's not too far (laughs) and we hey we got to get out there too yeah so why don't you tell the listeners how you became a wolf so yeah here's the thing you got you got a couple of different types of people with a whole lot of wolves you got expats like paul and people who just become a wolves fan because they're the best team in the world like yourself and then you got people who are forced into it this is how it goes i would call it i would call it blackmail But what happens if you live here for 20 years in in London and then you ask your hopefully future father-in-law if you can marry his daughter and he says no. The thing is, you ask why. And then he says, I don't want my son-in-law to be an Arsenal fan. I hate Arsenal. (laughs) And if you want, I've been going to Wolves for at that point 60 years. If you want to marry my daughter, you marry into Wolves. And this was in 2003. And I'm going to have to even tell you the exact match because this is important for you guys. Uh, I basically said, fine, I will become a Wolves fan. He took me to the pub in Codsall, just north of Wolverhampton, and said, watch this. And it was a match in Cardiff where Wolves were playing this team called Sheffield United as we ended up winning and getting promoted to the Premier League. That was my first match to watch in the pub. And it's, the marriage has been uh, up and down. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. No, the football has been up and down. <laughs> sorry, God. Oh, my God. The, the football has been up and down since. But I would say, guys, if you will, please, other than what the result we're going to talk about today, I think it's been mostly up for the last several years. I think we should be really proud to be Wolves fans right now. So would that go under your favorite game, or do you have another game that's your Oh, I got, I got lots, but that was because I, I, I have favorite games that I've attended, favorite games that I, I've watched on the telly, favorite games with my father-in-law. Oh, oh my goodness, there was a favorite games hanging out of a window. Can I tell you the one favorite? I think you'll oh, remember this one. Favorite game hanging out of a window. So here we go. It was Christmas time. I was in deepest, darkest Devon. And the internet is just not really existent there. They they hardly even have electricity. And I said, come on, Andrew, my father-in-law, this is just going to be a special time. We're playing Man City. And uh, you will remember what happened. And I'm going to say one word, and I know he's one of your favorite players, Joshua. Could you tell, remind the, the listeners what happened against Man City on this fateful day? Me hanging out a window just to get reception to hear it on the radio. Two nil, baby. Two <laughs> nil in the Etihad. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. Which is also Paul's all-time favorite week of being a, bowl, uh, a Wolves fan. There's two, isn't there? I think John was talking about the home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was, was December on... time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's right. that was 2-0 down. Two come back. Adama did his magic by muscling Mendy off the ball. The equalizer to put it across to Raul. And then... I think Doc it was scored the winner. Yeah, with, with, with Doc getting the winner. So I oh, like the yes. label of hanging out of a window. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite game as well. Oh, brilliant. You get that mentioned a lot, John. So yep. yeah, you're in good company. 
oh, you know what? The, I had, had to say it's actually in your promo. And I was just talking to a guy who own, uh, owns a cafe uh, in Finchfield near, it's literally right across from where they play in Compton, the, the training ground. We got to talking about the favorite matches today, uh, this morning at breakfast. And I had to mention to him one player's name. And it was Ryan Bennett, because I used to work as a client of mine, Bristol City, because I do sports marketing. I was doing a fan engagement uh, content audit kind of thing. You guys work in marketing. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so I had to go to Bristol City to to look at fan engagement, et cetera. But then my club come to town. And can you guys repeat to the viewers what happened on this fateful day? I think it was 2017. Maybe even this is how the show started. What happened there? Well, that that was Houston Wolves' inaugural game where there was <laughs> five or six of us that got together for the first time. And wow. I I can vividly remember the game. We lost Danny Barr early, I think, to a sending off. So maybe Ryan Bennett came on as a sub, but we'll get to him. But we went a goal down. We equalised thanks to their keeper getting sent off, I think it was. And it was a... Barry Douglas free kick, possibly, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm thinking. Wow. And then literally the last kick of the game or the last head of the game was a pinpoint Barry Douglas cross to the back post. Up pops Ryan Bennett, heads it across the keeper into the back of the net. And yeah, delirium in Nick's place, Houston that was. And I can imagine the, the fans there and watching as well. It was a great... I, I don't you think, because at the point where we were at, we could have gone either way. City, were, Bristol City yeah. were near us. It was one of them six-pointers where we, if we had let that go, but it was just the way we came back. It was, it was a beautiful thing. It gives me chills and, just thinking about it. And the famous scene of Nuno getting sent off in that game and... And cheering in the director's box and getting ushered away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a classic. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, if we, oh, I'd love to. You guys, uh, I know you guys do the radio and not the, the video uh, as much, but <clears throat> these moments need to be captured in video form. But that, something that Ryan Bennett, there's a, oh gosh, there's too many. We could go on all night just reminiscing and forgetting about whatever <laughs> happened with the disaster. One more here. Who's your favorite past Wolves player and your favorite current one? Oh man! Okay, wow. So this and Adama is, this... would still count. He'll always... Oh, this! Oh, brilliant! Oh, I loved Adama. And I, I, working in marketing, I just thought there was a missed opportunity with the uh, sponsorships with baby oil brands and stuff. But so that never came about. But no, I think I must say I would be in tears if this was ever to happen, and it could happen if we don't get to Europe this time. But uh, there's something about the magic. Six cents of Ruben Neves that I just can't. I, I just want to. I want when I play football, I want to be like him. I'm, I, when I put up jumpers for goalposts, I, I, I pretend to be Ruben Neves with my boy. That's the side of me that I think that I am. But the reality is the way I play makes me think that. And the joy of playing football, even if it was his 300th, Connor Cody is who I am. But Ruben Neves is who I wish I was. <laughs> that's glorious. That's great. Oh, that's current, though. You said past. Yeah, who's your past, too? Oh, goodness, man. Oh, this is this is going to be tough. I became a Wolves fan based on my father-in-law telling me stories about this gentleman who wore the number nine. Um, and, uh, and we've I, had him on, on before. Have you? Oh, nice. Ah. Oh. Steve is a uh, bully is just a special man. And 
I've uh, been wanting to get my father-in-law tickets to have dinner with him because he has a special thing where fans can have dinner with him. And I, I had a long chat with his wife who runs all the dinners and all. And I just think there's just as a West Brom player who played back in the day and came to us when we when our stadium was falling down. Yeah, just a little bit of a personal hero. But I know you don't think, Paul, you particularly don't think I have a right to have Steve Bull as my favorite player since no, I started in so. 2003. But I just think, yeah, I think I'm sorry, but he is. All right, guys. So that was fun. But now let's get into the not so fun, which was the 1-0 defeat against Norwich City in the FA Cup. Boy, especially the first half, that was a poo-poo platter, wasn't it, Paul? It sure was. With a side of Tinkle, it was just bad. Very unlike Wolves, but whether it was something to do with the extended break, shaking off the cobwebs, who knows? That didn't seem to be the case when we had the break over Christmas, yet yesterday it was just night and day in that first half of uh, a, a team that was barely recognisable from the Brentford game. I'd be interested to find out the impact of Trincao's withdrawal, whether that was early in the week or later in the week, because I was really thinking 5-2-3 at home against Norwich. Mm, maybe not. And I think that definitely reflected it in the first half. I think Trincao would have started if he'd have been fit. I think they would have gone three up front. And I think that had a knock-on effect to probably Fabio's performance again, more isolated when he's in that too. And and especially at home, did we really need to, to be set up that way? And similarly, Podence, that he's either hot or not at the moment. And that was definitely a not day. But then fast forward to the second half, he, he scores that chance that hit the post, then who knows? He was probably our best, most productive outlet, but the passes were going astray. None of his flicks were coming off. So you, you had all of that. But I think that the, the formation had a big, big deal to, to do with it, I think. And he's wholly off form in that particular role. But Donk as a number 10 was, was just painful that those runs from midfield if you can call them that it was slow it was laborious it was just where, where's that midfield John, i like to call out with? I, we we like to say uh dendon kerr is uh roblox are you familiar with roblox i am yes indeed yeah he runs like roblox with his, he totally does his oh. back's just completely straight so I have a theory, and I've just made this up off the top of my head, but I have a theory that we had some technical issues at the Brentford matches right by where I live. We had, as you, because you, you talk with Tennessee Wolves, Justin, on that one, and the drone and all this madness. So I think there was a technical glitch in the film. So the boys all went off to, to the beach and they got back. And when they were watching the playback, because Dindonker was up, found himself up front, spreading out. And actually, when we scored, Dindonker was in the corner because he, he, he had made a run. I think the tape must have gotten stuck. And then Bruno saw, oh, gosh, Dindonker's been playing up front for that one one play that led to a goal. Because I just couldn't understand why Dindonker. So it was a glitch. The, the tape stuck. He's like, and it's like, oh, my gosh, we should just, that's it. It's a sign from God. We should put Dindonker up front. Other than some technical list, there's no way in hell Dindonker should have been up front. I don't see it 
in, in making sense ever. Yeah, I think, again, <laughs> what if Luke Kundal, so highly rated and part of the first team squad, has, has been documented that surely that was a game for him. Home yeah. in the FA Cup, if you've got to play three in the midfield, then let him play, give him licence, say, go and ball, kid. You haven't got as much defensive responsibility. You've got Nevers and Muti next year. Let's see what you can do. But, yeah, I, I was just staggered with Dendonka at home and, and the positions he was coming up with and not being able to progress the ball or do anything really meaningful. It was pretty painful. You, your tweet, Paul, about the old um, over-the-tops, if he was a, a wide receiver. If we get 10 of these over-the-tops, but he's, as you say, Josh, he's Roblox. He's not Adama. Would have been nice if we tried Adama out on that kind of play when we had him. But yeah, I just didn't, uh, I, I couldn't see that ever working, that sort of sort of wide receiver play over the top. And uh, yeah, that, that baffled me. Uh, they were going to keep trying it, though, it looked like. Here's my conspiracy theory. Raj was sending a message to the board. If you listen to afterwards, too, he's not happy. He had a squad that's within four points of fourth place, and they weakened it. It's Mm. not even that they just didn't make additions. They flat out weakened it. And that with him saying, I only had one winger, look at the bench, (laughs) which Chiquinho's probably like, hey, I'm a winger. Who are you going to be more scared of turning around, seeing a Dharma oiling up or some young Portuguese kid that no one's heard of? So hopefully he'll come good and it'll be a masterstroke. But those particular games are are what's crying out for Traore, even if it is just to raise the crowd and put the fear on the opposition that, okay, we've got to think about something wholly different because here comes Traore. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the game yesterday, right? Yeah, I was indeed. And, what, and the Brent was, was what was the mood in the stadium, and what's everybody saying about the board out? The mood in the stadium was a strange one. I'm very passionate, and I don't shut up ever. So I, I was just myself. But everyone around, it, it was cold. It was rainy. We weren't sure about the formation. I don't think the fans really totally got into it like they should have, especially if this was going to be our cup run to end all cup runs. We, we, we really need this, to, especially to wash my brain from what happened at Wembley. I was there with my father-in-law and my boy, the situation, I don't even want to talk about it. But uh, this was our chance. This was our chance to get back to the FA Cup final, not just the semi-final. So I expected the fans to be a lot more excited than they were. But I think, because as you guys have tweeted loads about the, the January transfer window, I think the fans are pissed off. Bruno said something this week about, to be fair, i got to be honest with you guys, this was not our choosing. Adama basically did not want to play for us. He wanted to go back home. So we kind of, okay, he's making an excuse there. But we have lost our spark off the bench. And I think the fans were depressed, but also the fans were cocky. I, I think that everyone walked, including me, inviting my daughter to see her first match. I thought this is a sure thing because Norwich just want to stay in the league. They don't need a cup. They have to play Liverpool at Liverpool as their reward for beating, as you know. <laughs> we missed last episode right after the transfer window, but I said then I feel this was a slap in the fans' face, I feel like, this transfer window because it wasn't – again, it's not that they didn't make any moves. It's that they lost – a key part of the team and didn't repay him. And then you see all these guys going to grasshoppers, which heck that's (laughs) grasshoppers had a hell of a transfer window. It just seems that there are guys there. And for whatever reason, 
they're just not wanting to spend any money. And I get Adama going to Barcelona. I think it's silly. He went on a loan without an obligation. All I can think is that there's going to be something in there with Trincao involved. But I'm also going to hate that if we take all the Adama money and waste it on Trincao. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, how no, do the you Adama. feel about Trincao? How do I feel? I think Trincao has promise. I, I feel a little bit like Trincao. I did Semedo in the early days because I felt like Semedo had a rough time betting in. And then I know we'll get to it later, but Semedo was the reason I was poking my daughter saying, come on, this is Wolves. I, I literally could only poke my daughter sitting next to me once or twice. And it was always, I kept, she was like, can you shut up about Nelson? I just kept yelling at her. <laughs> some reason I call them by their first names. But I was just like, I was encouraging Nelson because he was the only player that I thought was wearing a Wolves shirt. Nelson was. Uh, yeah, besides was some of the new there. guys, some of the new guys, uh, Chiquinho came on, uh, Gomez, we'll get to that. But I just thought Nelson wants this and he doesn't understand why no one else does. Paul, what was going on with Neves yesterday? Seemed like it was a very up and down game for him. Yeah, some some great balls, some not so great balls. We do have to factor that in, that it, it was individuals maybe, but it, for whatever reason, that 45 minutes across the board, no one was on their A game really, apart from Samada, as rightly was highlighted. And there were some flashes from out Nuri, but in terms of creativity and the, the ability to even craft anything from the likes of Neves or Podence, it was just wholly missing. Hopefully we put it down to a, a bad day at the office and they're getting the manager of the month curse over and done with in the cup rather than the league, hopefully. So it, it is disappointing. That was an opportunity to kick on in the competition, but sometimes these games happen it was just a flashback to me that cocky element that used to happen a ton in the championship or those types of games from a few years ago that we'd turn up at home and just expect to win and some lower team would come in and turn us over one nil and we wouldn't have an answer for it I've got so many vivid flashbacks to some of those games it was unreal a question for both of you about Pedence because I watched Pedence having some really good one-twos with Nori at Brentford. But let's keep in mind, Nori almost had us down 1-0 after 36 seconds with a ridiculous pass. And I think he woke up and is, oh my God, I I could lose my place here. And the bee got in his bonnet or whatever. Something said, I'm going to just start playing. And the one-twos between Pedence and Nori at Brentford were immense. And I, they started that, and there was a uh, had one or two opportunities, and it, and it just was not working. But I think Pedence needs an Ignori, or he's just going to be diving in the box. Yeah, he he was almost way too cute with his passes yesterday. I felt like he was trying a lot of like fancy, like behind the back, back heel stuff, and there was just nobody there. He'd do it and then turn, and it was like, nope, yep. Just Norwich, guys. I don't know what you're trying there. And that's why when the announcer at the first half was like, oh, I think Podence is the player of the game for Wolves so far. We watched the same game. He said, I don't get anything about the announcers, so I I have no idea what they're saying. I have heard that they've said some crazy things, but yeah, that that doesn't make sense. I I will tell you this. So I, I, 
all that trickery and stuff works when a team is going for it. So Brentford are cocky, even though they shouldn't be, and they were going for it. So they weren't just parking the bus. It does not work when there's no initiative to do anything but park the bus. And you, you could tell that Norwich had come to park the bus because the goalkeeper, no word of a lie, was wasting time in minute two. And the ref had a chance to cut that crap out and he didn't. So they kept, can you imagine starting to waste time after my daughter who saw it happen at Brentford? Uh, 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 yeah, I just couldn't believe they were starting to time waste after two minutes. It told you <laughs> the story. Because uh, Aitnori and Pedence don't work when you're parking the bus. When someone's going for it, they can they totally can do their thing. And that was magical to see at Brentford. We were a complete, we were this fancy Barcelona side against Brentford at times. And that was not working from minute one yesterday. Let's talk about Fabio. And I think we have a no stupid question, Paul. It's Cosa on Twitter. And he says, is Bruno being punished by... Jeff Shee's ridiculous decision to buy Fabio. Future prospect or not, 35 million could have bought us two or three decent players. And for the life of me, I can't see us getting even, even a quarter of that back. So I think I'll take that first in that it's, he's always got that price tag around his neck. And as it keeps on going on, it, it does get worse and worse based on the whole situation that you've got £35 million invested in him. So when it's another game that you get the opportunities, the number nine, you don't score, stuff doesn't come off. I felt bad for him yesterday because he was up against those centre-backs and, and he was going toe-to-toe with him and he was coming off unfairly on the fouls, which mm-hmm. it, it, the amount of times that the ref went, you're going shoulder-to-shoulder and he let other ones go and he, let, he pulled Fabio up on that. I didn't get. There was one in the first half, I was think, running through and he brushed him off and and he had a yard on him. And however, that's a foul in this day and age, goodness knows. But I felt he was on the wrong side of those decisions. Again, like Podence, I'm convinced that the formation has so much to do with both of their output. If you'd have put an extra body alongside, so there's a distinct forward three, Podence needs that, but he needs that extra body to work with. Fabio needs that extra body or someone to take the space. There was a couple of times in the second half, and I don't know who the colour commentator was over here, but she said something, oh, Fabio should be gambling and, and hitting the six-yard box. And that wasn't true. Fabio picked out the perfect run. If he was hitting the front post... He took a gamble on the front post. That was for someone else to be coming in behind him, be mm-hmm. it Donk, be it a wing back, be it someone else. That wasn't down to Fabio. That was down to not having enough bodies in the box. So I think it. I think Fabio fa- finds it particularly unfair that he gets cast with that brush. But again, as the days go by, as the weeks go by, as the lack of activity in a transfer window goes by, you're looking at £35 million of talent and thinking, what could we have got that would have been better for the here and now, which is obviously what we need. Bernardo Sanchez. (laughs) Wow. We've heard that name and that will never happen, it seems. (laughs) Wow. I I, I totally agree with your formation thing. Yeah, when there's three up front, uh, Fabio feels like he's got a place and he knows where he can make his runs. I don't 
I would love to be one of the haters just like everyone else. But And I would, I've been shocked. At, obviously, it was very painful with Raul going down with that code red horrible thing and this all the pressure being on this teenager last year. But yeah, I don't want to give up on him for some reason yet. I really don't. But I, he's got to have some other bodies in there. And I really thought He Chan was going to come in. And I, I was really... Uh, heartened by he chan's early presence but b- before the injury uh, i mean uh, it, it, yeah does does do you think he works with he could work with ha, what's the best way we can we can help fabio not be a waste of 35 i don't know i feel bad for fabio that's the biggest thing i'm getting from this because it's not his fault that there was a 30 million pound price tag put on him he shouldn't, uh, as a club, we're not in the position to risk that amount of money on a lottery ticket, which is what Jeff She did. And it's unfair to Fabio because now, unlike 35 million pounds to go somewhere else, one of these bigger clubs, and sit on the bench and develop, that's not going to draw as much attention as it has for us because, well, that's the highest paid player. And like you said, yeah, we could have bought two or three decent players. 35 mil, they were saying Sanchez was like 27, and then Huang, eight. Boom, there you go. That's two guys right there that are instant starters over Fabio. I don't know. And she's never going to let him go for a quarter of the price, because that would be admitting he's wrong. And that was his lottery ticket that he was swindled, and now I don't know if that's why we don't do stuff in the transfer window, like he's very clearly got one price and he doesn't negotiate at all. You look at Sven Botman, what was the the price tag over the winter? They were saying, hey, you can have him for 28. Nope, nope, only going to do 22. Now he's worth 50. Wow, wow, goodness me. What are we doing? And the whole thing with Sanchez, so that has, it's really set the club back that they spent that amount of money on Fabio. And it's set Fabio back. Man, that's he would be much better off had been in Porto for another year or two. I almost would have been fine with them buying him and then loaning him back to Porto for a year. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, I get a lot of my sports psychology from Ted Lasso, so um, I will <laughs> I will tell you that I actually think that Dr. Sharon would say that any teenager, the price is it's illegal to name the price you paid for a teenager because it will just mess them up in the head. I can't think of any good ex- reason why we needed to know that this teenager cost that much. It just screws it screws you up. If Freddie Adu, if he hadn't cost all that money, he would have been he would have been something else. Right. Uh, yeah. He was he was a first sort of million he pound. Just doesn't, he just doesn't have <laughs> the speed. I don't think to be an elite guy was saying, oh, next of Ronaldo. He doesn't have the speed to to do that. I feel like physicality he can get there. He's still so super skinny. But like Paul said, he was getting, there were a couple fouls where it was like, come on, man. Like, you can't, the kid already was behind the eight ball. Doing stuff like that was killer for him. And as you saw with that one, his, he just was like throwing his arms, almost a Mike Tyson punch out. He was just could not believe that, that he got called for that foul. And he was in on, on the keeper on that one chance, man. Yeah. He, he knows rough, he doesn't he have many opportunities to make a to make an impact. And he feels the pressure of the price tag, just like we all would. Even seasoned players for a price tag like that. Oh, you're the highest paid. This is the highest anybody's paid to get you on the club. You know, he looks at guys like Neves 
like Raul and stuff. Man, I cost more than these guys. Yee. Oh, gosh, yeah. That comparison brain will kill you. And that's yeah, that's set him back big time. But yeah, yeah, still not ready to give up on him. And I don't think we can at this stage. No, we can't. We can't. I don't know. So any other final thoughts then on the game yesterday? Does Saw stop that goal, Paul? Uh, I don't know if he does. I, I rarely watch anything back when it comes to a defeat. But I, by accident, I saw a, Nor- a clip from one of the Norwich social channels, and it was the angle. It was the pitch side angle of where the ball came in. And from that one... I'm I'm thinking his positioning was off a little. That if Ruddy was predicting that flick on, then he wouldn't have been so close to where it came in from. If that makes sense, he should have been a little bit more, little bit more square onto the ball, expecting it to come across rather than loop over his head. And I think if his positioning was uh, a foot or two different, he could have pedaled back and properly just tipped it over. So it's a tricky one because it was a little bit of a fluke, but I, I definitely think there's a question mark on it. I hate to say it, but it, I have PTSD from it because I, I was obviously at Wembley when um, Gerard Delafeu, I even have clients who, who, who from Watford. So Gerard Delafeu did this little dink thing that, that just went over into the corner, that exact same corner on Ruddy. I, I, I had an argument today at breakfast and, and my, my friend that owns this cafe in, in Finchfield says absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jose Sa would have gotten a fingertip to it. And mm-hmm. maybe as you say, Paul, his positioning would have been a little bit right. But I hate to bring this up. I was trying to find the video and you can't find it anywhere on YouTube. So I was scouring Twitter. A, the Max Kilman foul that led to this was, was a dive from the Norwich player. And B, I've got to find this, but I am convinced that where they set the ball up for the free kick was insanely advantageous to the Norwich player because they put it five to ten feet towards the halfway line where it was the foul, the dive foul that wasn't even a foul, was actually closer to the line, which wouldn't have given them that kind of angle. So the whole thing just, I hate blaming the refs, but I I have to say my, my, my boy was like, that's the ref that hates us. That's Michael Oliver, the ref that hates us. No, it's not. It's, but... Yeah, we were not given a single moment uh, from the refs at all. It was not a single positive thing. I know we've already talked about the transfer window. Paul, just overall, what were your thoughts? 
it, it for me it was a tricky one in that we were damned if we do damned if we don't in this transfer window and it it's a little bit for me it's a little bit of having taken a leap of faith with Foson that they took were, were they better taking the deal on the table from Barcelona in the summer than accepting 15 million for a Traore in the winter from Spurs so I've got to take that leap of faith to to trust in them and say that hopefully that's a done deal it's a obligation in everything else but words but what does that mean that means that it, it's not we're not getting any money now so obviously that departure couldn't fund anyone incoming and we're, whilst we talk about valuations and what these players are going to cost to get to the next level, I think particularly with Sanchez that it means that we're going to go into a different stratosphere of weekly wage. So were we in for Sanchez and we couldn't afford him? It seemed like there was talk of him going to AC Milan. Were they in for him and couldn't afford him? So is it coming down to the players that we've got in our sites that even that is out of our budget when it comes to weekly wage? So I think that's we're going to be at a disadvantage there. Whether that shifts slightly come the summer if Moutinho departs because he's one of the top earners, but it just seems to me that we're not going to we're not going to kick on in in the current level for whatever the reason because circumstances have changed and Fosen have come to realize that they're not going to they're not going to bankroll us we've got to be self-sufficient as possible even with the best recruitment strategy in the world of, of buying up and comers seeing the value appreciate and then sell we're always going to be behind and we are we ever going to make that step up to be a top six top four challenger with that approach it's it's really doubtful. How about you, John? Oh uh, yeah, I've gone. I've struggled with the the whole transfer side of things. I I, I agree with Paul. I know that our situation. You sell and then and and then you bring in with that sale. But yeah, I'm still. I will always struggle with getting rid of our special off the bench player for nothing. And he'll even if he's a bomb at Barcelona, he comes back here. We miss this time of getting into Europe with him. So I will never be able to be okay with that because I knew we weren't going to get anyone in this time. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather just uh, <laughs> move on and talk about getting into getting into Europe by beating all these London teams. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> see, I question the recruitment as well because I don't think they're doing an, a good job of identifying guys who can turn it around and, and bring in money real quick. You look at, like I mentioned, Botman. He's already gone up way in price. We mentioned Ruben Diaz. If they had bought him when they could have, they could have funded a whole new midfield out of that. Another one, Weston McKinney. Juventus got him for cheap, and now he's worth at least double what he was. And there's guys like that all over. And Danny Olmo, that was another one whose name popped up. And now, I mean, that dude's he's going to bring in $50 million whenever he goes. But somewhere. then with, with that in mind, we, we're just looking at heartbreak because mm-hmm. – how are we going to receive massive funds next summer? It's Neves. The mm-hmm. the season yeah. he's having, he's now in a 
He's now in, for me, he's in a Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips bracket of midfielder that's going to command a fee in 50 to 60 million, as he should. But that means that it's a big part of the team, part of the club's identity that's going to go because Neto is going to take some time to come back. I think, fortunately, with this injury, unfortunately, we've got a stay of execution on his departure. But now I'm just looking down that first 11 thinking, don't get too attached to him because that's who Fosun are lining up with the the dollar signs in their eyes thinking, oh, okay, he's going to fund 2023, Neto's going to fund 2024, Kilman could go, you know, and that's what, they, that's what they'd be looking at. So it's just... It's, See, I kind of think Kilman may be the... I think Kilman may be the price, the big sell over. I, I actually say, Josh, I really, I, I know I self-identify as wanting to be a, a, a Neves, so I'll never, ever agree with selling him. He's He is the club to me. But I say Kilman, we've turned him from a futsal into a 50 million, uh, and I would be okay with that because I think we can replace him. I don't, I do not think we can replace Neves, uh, whatever. I, no one will ever be able to convince me of that. Kilman, I love him. He's, he's, he's brilliant. But yes, I'm hoping that's our cash cow for the summer. But A, I know that the only way we would, if we get into Europe, even the Europa Conference League, then we will be able to keep Neves for sure. Yeah, but 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 Kilman may be the guy. I, I hate to say it. I hope he's the guy because because it can't be Neves or, or we've lost the creativity of the midfield. And I don't, I'm not just saying this because of my American roots, but I want Jimenez to remain with the club. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I, I like it for the, the international love that we have Mexican-American fans. We have Mexican fans. I, I, I need Jimenez in Wolverhampton three or four more years yeah i I don't think i don't think raul's going anywhere and i would hate because kilman is so much fun to watch on defense but the fact that he's english let's be honest english English players go for more money in the epl you add i mean you're really adding in another 15 million pounds just because Mm. you know of where he's from how much did Ben didn't Ben White go to Arsenal? I know we're going to get onto yeah. that, but didn't yeah 50 for, for fifty. So I yeah. actually see Kilman as literally that exact kind of move, and and yeah. and it, and I'm going to be and okay with that. Arguably, Ben White didn't have that body of work that Kilman's got in the Premier League. All of his good stuff was pretty much in the Championship in that Leeds team. So he had some appearances with Brighton, but really yeah. his signing was off the back of a, a really good championship season. Now Kilman's put put in together a phenomenal EPL season in addition to the games that he picked up last season and in the Europa League even. So he's much more well-rounded, I think. All he's I mean, missing is that call-up to England. Yeah, yeah, Once he's called yeah. up to England, that adds yeah. to his price too. Yeah, We saw that with Maitland-Niles. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Maitland Niles even went to play for West Brom. Goodness me, that was a <laughs> that was hard for me to take. Not as hard as Daryl DK going to West Brom. Oh yeah, that's that was a, tough. I hate to say, it, Josh, when you said Weston McKinney at Wolves, because because I used to work for U.S. Soccer. That was my first job out of college in '95 when when the MLS started, and I just have been dying for a, a U.S. creative player to come to Wolves. I think there was a question you guys asked something about. Was it about, would it be DeMarcus Beasley, Lexi mm. Lalas? I, I, I love these beautiful fantasy questions that you guys come yeah. up with because I would, 
I, I love he's cocky as hell and he parties oh, yeah. a lot but i really would love i would give Kinney a kidney well, to have weston oh, no. can we do a name the body part you would give up to get <laughs> weston mckidney at uh weston mckidney, weston at, um, McKidney it would be yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get t-shirts, Weston McKidney, because Josh uh, is going to give a kidney. <laughs> I, w- I would, man, because we'll like you money. said, it's uh, somebody. Ah. Here's the thing now with these U.S. guys. Get them now before the World Cup, because then they're marketing wise. That's the way to do it. Like Chelsea paid a lot for Pulisic, but people in the U.S. pay attention because of him. Weston oh, McKinney, I don't know if Juventus would sell. I don't know if he'd want to leave Juventus. But somebody like Tyler Adams, that's oh, going to wow. be somebody, if you want, you get him now and watch the marketing go up. But Giannis Musa, I know that's Paul's guy right there. Oh, is he? Ones is he? Like that. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love that. I think we, we need to have an inroads with, with the powers that be at Wolves to get them thinking American player. Imagine got, a Weston got, McKinney. Neves midfield. Oh my god! Just seems, love it. He does seem like one of those players that would be ideally suited to the EPL. That as a dynamic midfielder, he'd be a perfect fit. And yeah, because he, I mean, he's attitude tough. wise, yeah, tough attitude wise, doesn't shirt from a tackle. Happy with the rough and tumble. Likes it. The cockiness is good. Likes the big stage. So, unfortunately, I think that ship sailed with him yeah, being that ship sailed. But, um, yeah. You don't yeah. go from Juventus to Wolves. <laughs> oh, you think we're we're not? Oh, bummer, man. Schalke maybe, but Juventus no. Okay, then it's gonna. What well, Tyler Adams? What about that? Because we're talking. What are we talking? Red Bull, yeah. Uh, yeah. To get uh, Tyler. So Tyler could be. I'd be. Tyler happy. could be the guy. Munza can be the guy. I think that those are the two. Okay, because we all work. Especially in now that we can, we can put together a campaign, we got to get this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. All right, let's, I can I can work on the T-shirts as well. There you go. See him, I can see him in the black and old gold. St- let's ask Kidneys Steve. Steve what would you think, Steve? What? Who, which American Dynamo do you want? You agree again? Weston McKidney is not happening. Josh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, Tyler. It's going to be Tyler. Oh, thank Tyler. you, Steve. <laughs> Tyler would be a good one. I would be a good one. It. guys let's look ahead to the the two big games coming up it's got a north london theme we have arsenal at home on thursday and then tottenham away on sunday morning let's start with the arsenal game they're another one that didn't really do that much at the transfer window paul what are we thinking here with arsenal it's tricky it's what arsenal's gonna show up this season i think where they were down in the doldrums to begin with and then hit a rich strain of form and we thereabouts with them in the league. So it, it's a tricky one with both of these games. It stands out to me that would you possibly 
take a point against either on, on paper you probably would but then again would you rather beat one of them and lose the other and get an extra point so I think I'm taking that mindset and and out the two I probably think that Arsenal at home could possibly be got at a little more than Spurs away but it really comes down to again formation and the personnel involved I'd, I'd rather see about attacking Arsenal a little bit more playing with the 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 five two three, whereas <clears throat> when it comes to the Spurs game, that probably does stack up to play that extra man in the midfield and be more defensive and see if we can get them on the break that way. I think both of these are going to be entertaining games in their own unique way, but out of the two, I think Thursdays could have some excitement about it. You going to any of these games, John? I have a restraining order, actually, so I'm not I'm not allowed to go to the Arsenal because of my previous history. No, I, I like you. My last time for my father-in-law's 70th, I got him a surprise, showed up on the train. This was right before COVID. It was a Wednesday night and never had his free kick taking boots on and, and we beat Arsenal 3-1 and my father-in-law obviously told me I can't be an Arsenal fan. So it would, I, I, I would love to be there. I would actually give one of my kidneys just to be there but my wife has been like you are going to pick up our new puppy on thursday elvis obviously it's not from memphis we got elvis the shit zoo ain't nothing but a shit zoo crying all the time so yes i will be watching it on bt sport but obviously my heart would be in the stand with my father-in-law because we will paul you're absolutely right we will be no no there's no doubt in my mind we will beat Arsenal. I don't care that Gabriel Martinelli is their player of the month two months running and they're on the up. They've had three wins out of the last five, etc. We will beat Arsenal. I don't know what was going to happen with Spurs, but we will. We have to rebound from this. This was really a bad show. I was there. I saw it. It was a bad show. We have to rebound from this. We have to beat Arsenal. There's no uh, to me. It's a six pointer. It's a must win. And then uh, Spurs again. I was there at Spurs when we came from behind to win the uh, week before COVID hit in March 2020. That was magical. I, I hate Spurs as a former Arsenal fan. So yeah, I would love it. But I think four points is what we're going for. Interesting. I'm going to interject a no stupid question here from Steve Young on Twitter and just go back to how we line up because he mentions Good. about the formation Good. against Arsenal because will we have those options on the wing to even dictate a formation change away from 5-3-2? Yeah, what's Trinkau's status? I, I was probably a little disappointed yesterday and no, no fault of their own, but after that break, I was genuinely hoping to see a Wang on the bench Maybe that would have been a nice boost, possibly a Johnny there, although obviously not a winger. Maybe he's getting close, but are they going to look at both of those players a little differently and think they need a game or 60 minutes in the under-23s first? So it's really going to come down to Trincao, I think, at home, because it could could well be 5-3-2 again because we haven't got anything else to pick from. I wonder if Chiquinho gets a start. He looks spunky, but yeah. it's still early on. It is early on. And I think, again, if you were going to give a kid a run, why not give him that run against a, a Norwich team at home when it could be a little bit more experimental? Whereas Arsenal at home, if you do go a 5-2-3, 
there's a lot more defensive responsibility on those two wider forwards, even if it is from the the high press or all the way back down to to help out the wing back. So, is he integrated as far as that both sides of the football go? I'm not sure yet. Whereas, if he could have just been taken off the leash and say, "Go and play," you got no responsibilities. Just go for it. Maybe I think. Arsenal at home is probably a step too far at his, his stage after coming in so recently. I, I really hope that Trinkau's back. But someone was uh, talking about he didn't show up in the training videos that they showed at Compton. So we think he's actually had COVID earlier last week. So I actually think we really need something different from whatever we saw yesterday. And Trinkau could be that something different. But I just think we do need to make sure that we have a wide receiver runs with Dendonker again. <laughs> Please no. Oh I would actually, if Dendonker starts in the out. 10, that is definitely <laughs> Bruno giving the big finger to Jeff Shee. Oh, it didn't make sense. And uh, yeah, what about Saez coming out from the Africans? Uh, obviously, he's not going to take Max Kilman's place or anyone, but I think he'll slide back in. I think Tony Gomez has been good, but ultimately Saiz shouldn't lose a starting role for that. And it's yeah. good to have somebody like Tony Gomez coming off the bench. Yes, gotcha. Okay, so he'll take his pace back on. on yeah, I, I would think so. I don't know. I'd like to see Chiquinho and Potence with Raul. Yeah. Den Donker to me, just keep him on the bench as long as you can, man. <laughs> and I hate it. The dude does. Here, here's what I'll say about Den Donker. He hustles a lot out there. Yeah. He doesn't dog it. He's just, he's not at the same, he's not at the level they need him at right now. Yeah. But what's so frustrating to me with him is that he's showed so many glimpses that he could be. Back to his first season and, and post-lockdown, they even showed replays last week of the goal he scored when we beat Everton 3-1 at Goodison. And that was exactly where you want that position of midfielder. And it bounced out to him. He's probably on the penalty spot. And it was a fantastic finish on the volley. And that's exactly where 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 you want him. But what's changed, I don't know. But just seeing those balls over the top and he was challenging it, wasn't coming off or he just looked behind the pace. It, it, it was criminal. So... Yeah. I think we need to resort to a, a newcomer's view on a game to handle the Dindonker situation. Because my daughter, first time at Molyneux, we had this little game. Yes, I had been drinking, but that's fine. What animal would you say each Wolves player was? Oh, that's and, tremendous. Uh, I got to hear. Oh, and obviously there were flashes. It was more the Brentford side of Pedence. And that was like a Tasmanian devil. And he was just, he was flashy all, all over the place. And then you, I know it's literal and my daughter's more clever than that, but he's a donkey. Din donker. <laughs> it, it has a donkey ever. It's in, in the name. Has a donkey ever been that guy you put in the number 10? I'm not sure a donkey has ever been number 10 in any sport, and that's tough. But can you think of another animal? Animal with Neves be. I'm going to din donker. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say a giraffe. A giraffe. Nice. Yeah. Oh, God, you that's very. That, 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 that's a good one in shape and, and form. I'm trying yes. to think on, on what Neves would be. Something graceful. Um, okay. Not the quickest in the world, so you're not looking at a big cat or anything, but that graceful and... Yeah, I, I need to think on that a little bit. When you first saw Huang, you could see why they called him the bull, though, don't you think? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that, that is proper. It would be like that newborn gazelle whose legs are like flying <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, exactly. But we just need to, yeah, get that gazelle a little bit of training. Yeah. And he'll uh, stop flapping around a bit, you know? Yeah. It'd be interesting. We'll work on the animals for next time. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> it was my daughter's idea because she's, she, this is a swear word, so I'll try to bleep it out. But she was also very amazed at football fans' ability to be so quick and communal with the chanting because she'd never been. And literally within seconds of the drone appearing and us having to go to halftime, the first of the two halftimes, she heard, who's the wanker? Who's the wanker with the drone? And I think that was brilliant creativity. No one's ever had a cheer about that. And how did the Brentford fans come up with that cheer so quickly? Football is a magical game. It's tremendous. One, One thing I think that we're not considering with the lineup, we saw it in the summer. Paul, do you have an idea where I'm going? I think John does. No. It's Aitnery at winger. Uh, mm, we saw that, that in the summer, remember? Yes, we did. Yes, so we let's did. say Marsal can, or even Saiz, he's done it before, play at left wing back, move Aitnery up to winger just temporarily. Maybe. Oh, I like this. I like this. So, yeah, because Marcel was warming up, so he was definitely could have come in. I saw him on the sidelines. He definitely could have come in yesterday. So I, I really think that would be great. I I, I will – I'm not going to give a kidney because that's just, someone else is doing that. But <laughs> I, I will – I think that could be good. In our depleted situation here without Charlie, I, I think he's got something, and, and we definitely should do that. I actually thought you were going – somewhere else which i'm glad you went to ignore on the wing but it's i was going to a wedding and i got the ping on my phone which made me delete the nhs app immediately because this amazing wedding at this amazing country estate i had to sit in my room and i couldn't go to the wedding so i had to get beer sent to me room service was horrible and i watched a a preseason summer match at the rock of gibraltar and we had this kid from colombia come in and He was Mosquera and Yerson Mosquera, and he was a rock. I was like, Willie Bolly, move over. This guy is, I thought, this is, he's going to be special. And I just wish he hadn't have gotten injured because I thought this guy could really help us. I know Max Kilman's coming and been that guy for us, but I don't think it would be a problem to have another Max Kilman like a Yerson mm-hmm. on, on the squad, particularly with the fact that we don't have many numbers right now. That's what I'm going to go for lineup wise. I'm going to say he takes a chance and moves eight and up to winger. Oh, please. Oh, man. What's he got to lose at this point if he got nobody else up there? Just because we saw it in the summer. Do you remember what match we saw that? I'm trying to remember which. That was, was one of the one of those Gibraltar ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. say there was like the first two games they started him at winger yeah. or at the yeah. very least at midfield. Yeah. I would love that. I think that at this stage with Trari gone, we need that. That that will work for me. So, yeah, send, send a note to Bruno. See what he says. Okay. Let's get predictions <laughs> here. Let's start with the Arsenal game. John, where are you going with this? My father-in-law will be listening. I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal win. Hell no. I would never <laughs> say that. No, I, I think it's not going to be the 3-1 that my father-in-law and I saw. It, it, it is going to be – it's going to be a 2-1 Wolves win. Paul? I'm going to – Scale it back somewhat, and I'm going to say 
we're going to get a win out of one of the games, but I'll be more positive and I'll say that will come away and we'll get a 2-2 draw at home against Arsenal and beat Spurs 1-0. I'm going to say 1-1 draw against Arsenal. I agree with that. And then Tottenham, what are you thinking for that, John? Oh, man, because Tottenham's a team I've always hated since 95. My first, no, I lied to you. My first Premier League match was in 92. Coventry City away, Sky Blue Army, watching them beat Spurs with Roy Weggerly, the U.S. national, scoring the winning goal. So I've always hated them. So I want us, this is emotion. Sorry, I'm emotional. Um, but I, I want us to win. So I'm going to say 1-0. But that's, that's my emotion. The reality is I think we're going to draw 1-1. But I want us to win one nil at Spurs. Paul, what'd you say for the Tottenham one? I'm going one nil as well. I think that's going to be a little more attritional, but we'll be better suited to to go there and and defend and get them that way. It is. It will be attritional for sure because we only have two days break and we have a zero subs. We got number seventy seven, Kim Campbell, was literally <laughs> almost in the match. I saw him warming up. He was literally talking to Bruno, getting the instructions. So we got nothing. So it, it yeah, one nil is would be amazing. I'm gonna say nil nil. <laughs> oh God, I've seen too much of that. I can I want to see you guys over here, but I will literally I will refund your flights if you ever have the audacity to come visit me when we're playing Burnley at home on a Wednesday night in December. I will say do not come. Did you hear about the California guy? It was on one of Wolves' Oh, uh, we've TV had Adam on podcast. here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah. Oh, I love And Adam's guy. a Cubs fan too, John. Oh, I want to meet him, man. I, I was there. He's I wish the I, I, I wish I could have. He was busy with lots of meetings and stuff, and he, he knows my friend who works for um, Warner Music who did the Wolves uh, music label thing because he works for Warner. As you know. I just thought, oh, my God, this, this guy from California, I would have loved to have met, meet him, but I would have loved to have stopped him at International Arrivals Hall and said, my father-in-law has been going for 70 year, almost years now. He doesn't know why I bought him tickets to Burnley. So it's just, they just suck. I just don't like the way Burnley plays. We ne It's never a good match. You I, know I, what, I though? Adam says he does not regret going to that game. No way, really? Why? Yeah, he said I, he had a great time. Oh, that's because the Wolves people are just salt of the earth and the most friendly welcoming amazing people on the planet that probably has something to do with it yeah but what he saw in the stadium was rubbish trust me <laughs> uh. that's great oh i can't wait to go through the back catalog because that adam character man his podcast with wolves tv was brilliant i mean i just yes yeah. i love that journey and he was giving away guitar picks with the yep. custom hey, made yeah, the guys. Yeah, I, I want to meet more sort of fans committed to the cause like that. Yeah, yeah. he's. That's awesome. what you guys are about. That's what this show is about, which is beautiful. So well done, you guys. Thank you. Whew. Paul, any more stupid questions? <laughs> We've got a couple more to sprinkle in. It's the part of the show that's dedicated to our listeners to get in touch on the socials or by email to ask us anything you'd like about the walls we'll read it out and answer it during this portion of the show so first up it's andrew barlow he asked two questions the first one's a cracker he says when does the sister podcast whole lot of grasshoppers launch <laughs> that's a financial we, fair play oh god yeah what what we're going to call it whole lot of hop or <laughs> yeah, can't really say whole, whole lot, lot of, of grass I like yeah i will say i'm very excited about jung sang bin's signing <laughs> Nice. But my wife's Korean. Sign a Korean guy. I'm all for it. 
Oh, oh, sorry, while, Josh, while, while we're talking Koreans, I, I, I know I get emotional and I work in content, so it's my thing, but there was a Wolves thing I was supposed to be working on, client brief, but it popped up onto my uh, subscriptions. It was a He Chan Huang talking on the Lunar uh, New mm-hmm. Year, this Korean festival thing with J.S. Park and one of the most creative players in the Premier League, Son from Tottenham. Mm. I just thought it was beautiful. I just thought the emotion, understanding not non-English person trying to adapt. Uh, yeah, I just think, I think Wolves, you, you guys covered this in your trailer, I know, years ago, but I just think Wolves are on it with the emotional thermometer around fan-first content. Because there's no way you can watch, I know you have a Korean connection, but... Even I don't, but there's no way you could watch that without thinking these guys get the behind the scenes of making us care for their players because it was a beautiful yeah. piece of content. Beautiful. Well, and they get off they get off the field marketing. Where I will, that's why I said he won't go anywhere. He's too important to the club off the field. They're seeing the Korean market. They're trying. Yeah. And I once hope, they I had a Wanky Chan Squid Game shirts, I knew <laughs> they're smart. I love it. Marketing fashion at label. Wolves is smart. I wonder how many how many Americans become a Wolves fan because of the logo? Because even the logo is just like a simple lot. and beautiful. Yeah, Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the yeah. same okay. color scheme, the works. That yeah, was one reason I liked them. Because I wear that logo on stage all across Europe because sadly I'm a bit of a big deal in the Balkans. And no one's heard, a lot of people haven't heard of, of, of Wolves, but they come up and they think it's like a fashion label. I'm not, no, this is the greatest football team in the world. This is not a fashion label. But then you actually look on the site. It is a fashion label as well. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Andrew does have a, a good follow-up question, though. He mentions that if the injured players come back and show to be in decent form, what is the optimal starting lineup, in your opinion? I got mine. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the four-four-two back line of Aitnery, Cody, Kilman, Semedo, midfield with Motinho and Neves. Put Neto and potence on the outside and then the two strikers i'd like to see huang he chan and raul together up there no room for johnny in josh's lineup i, I just yeah. with johnny we don't know what he's going to be two back-to-back knee surgeries and that's not only physical like mentally as well that's got to be so tough and what are you going to do are you going to pull eight and out who's really taken major steps. It's unfortunate with Johnny, but yeah, I, I don't I don't see a spot for him. Do, do you think, just formation-wise, do, do you think we can do this 4-4-2? Do, do you think the three is not in the back? Is I'd like to five? see a try at least. That's what we went to in the second half yesterday, and it looked yeah. decent. It was more of a 4-2-4, but... <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> I think Cody's improved enough, and with Kilman there as an enforcer, I think it might work. I'd like to see it at least. If we had 100%, Johnny, like no issues, if it was right. pre-injury, Johnny, I think he'd be eschewing a, a genuine left-back mm-hmm. just because he brings that defensive solidity. And he can do, he can contribute in attacking sense as well. But I think if you've got a genuine four at the back, I think he'd be perfect for that. Um, and then I think it could open up to see even more from Samedo as well, that if we do think that this 4-4-2 is going to be like Large's Benfica when 
those wider players are more inverted and there's an there's a job to do for the fullbacks to to be provide width and be the extra body come come the final third then we could see even more from Samedo in that sense but we, we get into the stage if you did have all of those bodies back then you could see it especially if we've if we're I don't know if we do fall away and we're languishing in the 10 spot god help us if we're just playing out the season then maybe we'll see it and maybe formation wise that's another opportunity to give Fabio some minutes that mm-hmm. it's a genuine two up top between him and Raul and they can intertwine with between one of them drop deeps and one of them goes on the last man or whoever it forms I, I do think that when we've got all of those options we have got some more flexibility formation wise don't you think when he Chan first came on he he and Jimenez worked really well off yeah they worked really well together and i still want to see them side by side i'm not a hundred percent on chan on the outside i want to see them beside each other because i do think that man especially if we could find a way to get a number 10 behind them (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i really feel like those two up top would create a lot much like brantford did for us in that first matchup yeah, yeah, we yeah, could yeah. bully some guys around with those two up front. Yeah, 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 amazing. Next, no stupid question on Twitter from Jude Gentry. He asks, "Is it odd that my son sings that we've got Neves song constantly?" Which I think that's obviously a no. That should be part of any son's upbringing. And and sub question: How proud should I be that he came up with? A second verse all on his own that knocks the opposition. So, <laughs> Drew, I think I, extremely proud. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I sing, my wife and I both sing the Raul song. Well, see, si, Senor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think because my daughter picked up on the chanting so well, and my son's been chanting since age five. Oh my gosh, age five when we went to Brentford because it's my local. We went for Brentford v Wolves. That was his first match. Uh, and I love the fact that he sings about stuff that he doesn't know what it means. Matinho drinks a lot of vino. And then we ha- I have my socks of five foot seven football heaven. I love th- this is the stuff. This is the stuff of legends that I, I love this stupid question when I saw it. I was just like, because we need to brainwash our children to be <laughs> communal and sing these chants. Because when they go finally get their chance to come to the black an old gold cathedral in the middle of England in a town that most people have forgotten, they will see that it is just the most beautiful, blessed place to watch a game of football. And this country invented the sport. Come on, everyone, bring your kids, get them singing stupid stuff that they don't know what it means. Go for it. (laughs) Sorry, I got religious, almost evangelical about that stupid question. It was just beautiful. I love it. (laughs) Paul, was your kiddo? Does Does she sing one of the chants? Yeah, she likes that one. She likes the Raul one. Thankfully, we've been fortunate that we can swap Nuno out with Bruno. So, yeah, it is part of the fun that you get to you get them into it on a slightly different tangent, but it all goes to to make the experience. And she certainly likes a good celebration in the living room when I'm jumping up and down. She gets involved with that as well. So. (laughs) Uh, I will tell you this there's a cheer that has been one of my favorites I hate doing all this name dropping but living in London it's bound to happen around the corner from me is the birth home of Peter Crouch the massive England forward from way back when ACL like three minutes into a World Cup game 
Yes, yeah, exactly. But he also had that robot, amazing robot. It, 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 you'd have to be six, seven to make a robot look that awkward. But uh, he, it, my favorite cheer of when he was at Liverpool was, he's big, he's red, his feet stick out the bed. <laughs> and my daughter heard that because I think it was a tall player from Brentford. Because there was a tall player from Brentford that came on. We had all these concussion substitutes, all this malark, and and she loved that. She latched onto that. He's big, he's red, he's big. I just I, football football fans are the most creative and the really smart human beings. We love them. John, as we bring this episode to a close, you got a bunch going on. So let the listeners know how they connect with you, and especially in person if you're going to Austin next month, right? Oh yeah. Let, oh, thank, thank you, Josh. If you liked, I know you love Paul and Josh, but if, if any single word of what I said made sense, please come and join us at where it's a bar to be named in Austin. There's a guy from your show called Alex and another one I think called Chris. But basically, we are going to watch what used to be a mighty U.S. men's national team called Everton, and we're going to watch them lose at home to Wolves on the 12th of March at a bar to be named later, 9 a.m. kickoff Austin time. But I would love to meet any and every one of your fans. And as I mentioned to Paul, I'm not even I'm not even afraid uh, to meet an Everton fan because I just want it. I, I just need some U.S. Wolves fans in, in my very short neck of the woods when I speak at South by Southwest. Now, it would, John, it would be a dream. Find, if you could find a way to come out to Houston for a day, we have the largest rodeo in no. the United States going on, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show. <laughs> when is that? It's Go three on. weeks long. It's yeah. Is it just on the weekends? No, it's no, every right? day for three weeks. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I haven't booked my flights, Josh. You're tempting me, man. Because I'm, I'm trying to see if I can do a tour of a, a university tour before and after I do my, my two sort of sports marketing talks at, at South by. I think we should take this offline because, uh, yeah, I've, I've had a look at uh, the decor of Nick's place and it does suit, it suits me. Nothing. You haven't experienced life till you've seen real life mutton busting. Oh, I don't even know what that is, but it sounds great. <laughs> it's little kids riding on sheep. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I've only lived in this country for 20-something years in America for about 26. So I, I have yet to do this rodeo thing you speak of. Yeah, maybe that's the big draws. Screw football, man. Let's get to the rodeo in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I love it. If, I can, if, I, if, if they can't make it to Austin, then I'll make it for the rodeo down in Houston. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> there we go. Amazing. <laughs> cool, guys. Thank you so much for having me. That brings this week's show to an end. So please continue to do what you can in terms of liking, subscribing and reviewing a whole lot of walls on the podcast platform that you find yourself listening to us on. Between games, we are active on Twitter, Facebook and for email, it's hello at wholelotofwolves.com. We'll be back next week to review those two games and then preview another tasty breakfast time clash with Leicester on February the 20th. So until then, up the mighty wolves.